You're listening to the Fantasy Football Astronauts. And welcome back, Space Cadets, to another episode of the Fantasy Football Astronauts. We are going into week five. I got my main dudes, Hot Takes Brooks, with me. What's up, Brooks? You kind of you said it. I, I thought maybe you forgot who I was, so I was a little concerned. But no, I'm I'm here, guys. Hey, guys. We got Jetpack Galileo. What's up, JPG? What's up, fam? We're super excited to get into week five. It's uh, lots of injuries that we're not excited about, lots of breakouts that we are excited about, and some pretty average starts and sits that we gave last week. So we're hoping to redeem ourselves a little <laughs> bit coming up this week. I don't really feel bad about mine at all. I think mine were pretty good. So and, uh, we'll get there. <laughs> we'll get there a little bit later um let's jump right into the injury report we'll say uh we'll talk about who who got injured this week how long it looks like they'll miss um there's really a lot that's up in the air with a lot of these a ton of concussions um and then a couple unfinished like un, un totally not totally diagnosed wow i don't i fumbled over my words terribly there not completely diagnosed injuries as of now so we don't have full uh, we don't have a full picture of what's going to happen, but let's start with the concussions. We have Josh Allen, Jarvis Landry, TJ Hawkinson, and Jamal Williams, all with concussions. They'll all be out most likely this week, and uh, depending on how bad the concussion was, potentially multiple weeks. Uh, what are you doing for, uh, just real quick, Jetpack, what are you doing with the uh, Jarvis concussion, and who's who's a guy that you like on that Browns offense to kind of replace him as the target leader or not, not necessarily leader, but the, the guy getting those slot targets. Uh, I mean, so Richard Higgins has been a guy that a lot of people thought would come in. He was having a really good off season and um, people have liked him in the past. Um, but I expect him to kind of come in and, and at least be able to fill some of those snaps. Um, but the, the, the wide receiver three throughout the season has been Damian Ratley, um, who's more of a speed guy. And so, you know, really, for me, this bumps Odell up a bit um, more than anything. I'm not too excited about the other options. I think you could get some some uh, valuable volume, um, but I think more what we'll see is, okay, now we have to emphasize Odell, um, even after he got kind of shut out this last game. So And, and um, them going yeah. more full chub, too. Yeah, 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 probably a little more uh, chubby. So, um yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. We saw Ricky Seals-Jones do well. Um, the deal there is he's stepping in for Njoku. Um, and so, you know, he performed well. Three three catches, 82 yards, and a touchdown. So, um, yeah, for me, though, more than anything, I'm looking to Odell being the main guy, having, you know, almost all of Baker's attention. Um, so, yeah, that's where I'm at. What do you guys think? I'm with you there. Uh, nobody, nobody really strikes me. Ricky Seals Jones only three targets last week, so not too excited. Maybe he sees a bump in volume and he's efficient with it, but um, I'm not super excited on Ricky Seals Jones just yet. Um, still has, still has some uh, some proving to do. Brooks, do you have any any thoughts on this Browns offense minus Jarvis Landry? Yeah, again, just it's Chubb, man. It, it's what it should have been all along, and it's finally going to be Chubb time. So. Uh, it'll be interesting 
to see how things continue to play out with him. But uh, I mean, you know, I, I just think that they rely more on the run. Um, as our as our resident Josh Allen guy, uh, what do you think of this Bills offense? Did you think anything of it outside of the run game, Brooks? I mean, okay, so I did tweet on the, the hit uh, that caught it was a it's a concussion, right? Yep. Um, it's I, I tweeted on the hit like a bunch of people were like, oh, "I should have been ejected for that, man." He lowered his head. Okay, first of all, lowering your head isn't a, a it's not. We're not trying to punish the person for lowering their head because you're going to do more damage by lowering your head. We don't want you to spear someone with your lowering your head and just fracture your skull and be permanently paralyzed. We don't want quadriplegics. That's the reason why that rule exists. It has nothing to do with that. Now, targeting is a call that if you aim to strike somebody in the head with either your shoulder or your head, um, then you can get you know in trouble for it. But I, I didn't think that was it. So... I, I do think Josh, this is something that you're going to be, this is the consequence of Josh Allen, the runner. Uh, you're going to continue to see this and he has to figure out a way to protect himself or else he's going to get destroyed just like he did. Uh, I'm not excited about the Bills offense without Josh Allen. I am pretty excited for the Bills defense though. Um, I mean, that was, I think one of the most shut out Tom Brady's been since 2006 is one of the, one of these stats I was seeing. I think it was his lowest quarterback rating or something like that since 2006. So uh, that was pretty impressive. And if you're going to have that impressive of a defense, you don't really have your primary signal caller. You usually tend to the, lean on the run. So, I mean, that, that's that's probably, I'm not excited about, don't they play the Ravens this week? No, that's Browns. Yeah. They play, no, that was last week. So They play, they play Tennessee. Yeah, they play the Titans defense, defense. So I, I'm not excited about that. I knew it was a good defense. But uh, yeah, so they play the Titans. So that I'm not, I'm probably going to avoid all players on that offense Jet. as long as Allen's out. Jetpack. Um, the last concussion that I think we really need to talk about, uh, Jamal Williams. Um, he's he's going to be out. That was that was kind of a scary hit. Uh, what are we thinking, Aaron Jones, Dexter Williams moving forward? What's uh, what's what's your game plan here, and and how high can we set our expectations for Aaron Jones? Oh yeah, I mean, this is what you've been hoping for is that Aaron finally gets the volume, uh, and you know all you need is one injury, and then all of a sudden they're gonna, they got to funnel all the offense towards him. So I'm definitely excited on that end of things about what what's in store for Aaron Jones. Um, he has always been a highly efficient runner, and now we'll get to see what that looks like um, with increased touches. Hopefully that's what we end up seeing and Matt LaFleur doesn't keep blowing it. But um, the deal was uh, last week when Dexter was out or uh, when Jamal was out, Dexter didn't play at all. Um, and Aaron Jones took mostly all the snaps. So um, the the deal there, uh, we're pretty excited about 68 snaps is what you're looking at for Aaron Jones. Um, so if he gets anywhere in the 50 range, that's phenomenal. Um, and, you know, going forward, uh, they're, you know, concussion, maybe you're out one to two weeks. So I wouldn't get, you know, too excited or anything like that, but maybe if he performs really well against a strong, uh, Dallas linebacking core, um, you know, then Matt LaFleur says, Oh, Hey, you know, we really got to give this guy the ball more. So, um, yeah, Aaron Jones, I'm definitely excited to start him against Dallas and similar against Detroit. So, um, yeah, happy about, uh, you know, at least more opportunity. 
Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, you never want to see someone necessarily get the opportunity due to injury. Uh, it's it's sad, that's, that, but it's part of football. Um, so just got to capitalize on that. Um, Devontae Adams out with what I believe is turf toe. So you have no true alpha there, and it kind of feels like a crapshoot for the wide receiver core. You have uh, MVS, Geronimo Allison, um, and the guy that I kind of like as a sneaky play maybe for DraftKings this week is Alan Lazard. And uh, 6'5", big guy. He got some red zone targets from Aaron Rodgers and was targeted on the goal line. So uh, obviously we all like MVS here. Uh, Geronimo, Geronimo's been decently consistent over the past couple of years as, as far as uh, Aaron Rodgers liking to target him. But if you're, if you're looking in some deeper leagues, Alan Lazard, uh, good red zone targets this past week. He could see a touchdown if you're, if you're playing DFS. Uh, Alan Lazard's my guy that, that uh, I would be looking at as, as far as like a high up. What are you doing with the, uh, the Green Bay wide receiver core? Who's, who's the one guy that you're thinking, all right, this is the guy that I, I think is going to be the alpha? I mean, none of the... <laughs> uh, I don't think that there's going to be a true alpha emerge out of these guys. So I think it'll be a, a cluster until uh, Devontae Adams gets back. So I, if I'm looking to compare situations here, I would compare Devontae Adams and Keenan Allen um, with uh, Tyrell Williams and the opportunity that Marcus Valdez-Scanling has. Um, I'm a, a believer in what MBS is, you know, the potential that he has. He hasn't necessarily shown the consistency or the ability to finish um, in the same way, but I think that he can step in and perform well. So, I, you know, I, I don't necessarily think he's going to put up huge numbers or anything like that, but I think that you know, if he gets a few extra targets, let's say he gets, you know, three more targets and we put him in the like 10, 11 target range, that's a good spot for him. And I think he can do well to, you know, make some production out of that. So um, I'm excited just to see, similar to Aaron Jones, right? You want to see a guy prove himself with the opportunity that he has. Um, and so MBS, I think we have the opportunity to see, okay, what does it look like when he's up against the number one corner? Um and, you know, I, what we've seen this season compared to last season is a growing trust from Aaron Rodgers. Um, and there have been situations in that last Philly game where uh, when Devontae was out, he was looking at MBS and MBS was making plays until that, that last one. Um, and so, yeah, there's, there's definitely things growing there with Rodgers and MBS. And so um, I'm, I'm excited on that end of things just to see how things develop. Um, Schedule-wise, uh, they got again Dallas and Detroit coming up and so um, there's a couple good cornerbacks there uh, Byron Jones and both uh, Byron and uh, Chidobe Awuze are pretty strong uh, corners and so that'll be a good matchup to figure out okay how talented is MBS actually um, and then by the time they play Detroit uh, Darius Slay might be back and then they have another corner Justin Coleman who's really showed out lately um, and so those are both going to be pretty interesting matchups so I, I'm not necessarily in like, oh, it's definitely time to start MBS mode. Um, but the volume, I do expect to be there. And a lot of times when you're in this part of the season and you start to come on bye weeks, you know, a volume guy is not a bad option. That's absolutely true. Uh, Brooks, I like the I like the no. I think you could definitely see a, 
uh, an even spread around the team. Um, moving on, we have uh, we have two guys, two last guys that I really want to highlight. Um, Christian Kirk has either a knee injury or a high ankle sprain. They're not quite sure, so this could be a couple weeks for him. Um, really, you're you have some rookie wide receivers that could get a little bump in volume, um, and so that that could be exciting. Brooks, as our as our Arizona guy. What's your thought on this offense uh, without Christian Kirk? Uh, <laughs> uh, it will give some of these rookies an opportunity. I mean, like Keyshawn Johnson, and um, they brought in Michael Crabtree. Is he still on the team or not? No, no Michael Crabtree was yeah, cut. cut. Uh, so it'll give uh, – we'll see if Andy Isabella can, can – <laughs> I, I just don't know. Like, uh, I, I'm not excited. I mean, he's been – They've they've he's they've suffered. First of all, their offensive line isn't able to have any sort of protection. They're they're getting so much pressure that and they're just getting they're seeing a lot of. They're going to have to get David Johnson more significantly involved. And he did so well in space. You know, whenever they've been able to give him the ball in space, he's performed exactly who he's always been. So, I think if anyone really gets utilized more, it's going to be there. It's not going to be with somebody new. It's going to be with somebody like you're going to see Fitz force fed the ball, or you're going to see David Johnson being used either as a receiver or in more unique ways. Cause you have to put the ball in your best player's hands at this point, or else you're going to forfeit the season. That was, that was my thought as well. Um, a little bump for David Johnson, a little bump for Fitz. Uh, Jetpack, any final thoughts on Arizona? All right. Well, let's hope to get Andy Isabella out there. His that's, snaps that's the are, yeah, that's the prayer. His snaps are seven in week one, zero in week two, one in week three, eight last week. Pretty rough for a team that's almost five wide all the time. So, uh, yeah, not what you want to see from Andy Isabella, but hopefully he gets a little show. That's uh, I would I'd love to see some Andy Isabella. Um, <laughs> You just you just want to see it. Um, and then Kenny Stills out with a hamstring strain. And uh, so Will Fuller, did he get 99% of the st- snaps, Jetpack? You know, he certainly did. So the, the thing about Will Fuller has been he's been on the field. He's getting some good looks. Uh, I think air yards are satisfactory. Um, he's just not um, connecting with Deshaun. And so, um, you know, Again, as far as volume goes and talent goes, I'm a big believer in Will Fuller. And, you know, I think at some point those things will mesh. And we've seen actually the same thing with DeAndre Hopkins, right? His production has not been there. But again, of course, the volume and the talent are there. We all know that. So um, hopefully Deshaun can start reeling things in, tightening things up, and then um, being able to figure out, okay, let me let me lock in on some of these guys. Uh, the deal with Kenny Stills is he's been open um, because the field is so spread and then he can kind of sneak through as a, you know, the fast slot guy. And now, um, he, he has more wide open space to work with. Um, and so, you know, hopefully with him kind of out of the picture, you're going to see a guy like Kiki Kuti step up a little bit into the role. That's really the same role as Kenny Stills. He can do all pretty much the same stuff. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, I don't mind taking a stab at Kiki Kuti and like a DFS if you're, you know, real deep there. Um, the last couple that we need to mention, uh, Mitch Trubisky out with a shoulder injury. Uh, yeah, Move that's on. exactly what I was going to say. Nothing really to like in that Chicago passing game right now. Uh, Marlon Mack exited the game, but said he could have returned. So we'll s- kind of keep our eye on that as the week goes on. 
Uh, Bradley Chubb tore his ACL, and Tyron Smith has an ankle injury. So just kind of keep your eyes on those last three guys if you're a Denver uh, defense guy. Um, just, yeah, briefly, you know. I, I would throw, you know, Joe Flacco's been able to support two top two or top uh, 24 wide receivers so far, and the defense just got even worse. So uh, that can only bode well for Emmanuel Sanders and Cortland Sutton. And I believe you did a video on Cortland Sutton. Or I'm a, yeah, I'm a huge Cortland Sutton guy, and he did well against the uh, Jaguars, which is a really good test. I hit, he had two touchdowns, 60-something, 70-something yards. Uh, and so if if he can have a good game against Jacksonville, uh, I'm, I'm all in on Cortland Sutton being, being a, a good wide receiver in this NFL. In this NFL, this I like NFL, hear, as opposed to days, as opposed <laughs> not to if you the listen, AAF, not in the XFL, in this NFL. <laughs> talking about Brian Urlacher, what, what episode was that? Even we were just talking about all players that were early two thousands. I just want to clarify: we're talking about the twenty nineteen and beyond season, not our, uh, not the previous. I had some dude on early two thousands crap the other day about. Um, me having, you know, he said, I said, this person has this much stats through week three. And it was, we were at week three. And he goes, yeah, quote, through week three. That's all. And I go, yeah, well, if you've got the rest of the year's stats, <laughs> hit me up, buddy. Yeah. I'd love to find out. Uh, real quick, now that we're talking about YouTube, uh, go ahead, find us on YouTube, uh, the FF Astronauts. We're putting out content. Pretty much daily, if it's draft, if it's not draft breakdown, it is a player breakdown. Um, you got Galileo's games, game scope, uh, some hot film sessions with Brooks and Rish's rewind. Still not sure how I'm going to name that, but uh, we're we're putting out YouTube content regularly. That's that's really easy to digest on specific players. So go see how your favorite players stack up, how they're how they're looking throughout the weeks, um, and if you have requests maybe hop on our patreon support us and uh if you have requests for players you want to see on youtube or players you want discussed on the podcast uh we will get to those our 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 patrons we're really really grateful for them um and and they're really the producers of this show when they want to be if they have things that that they want talked about we will talk about them if not on our podcast here um, if they have questions, we will make a patron-only podcast. Um, so you can really take advantage of that. It's less than a Starbucks cup of coffee per month. Just one Starbucks coffee per month. You can get uh, you can get access to all that and help support the show. Help us continue to do uh, what we're doing here. Put out the best fantasy content available. Go Yo, check Rich, us out on. Oh, what was yeah, that? Yeah, no, Rich. Like I've, I got a name. I got. A, I got, came up with it, dude. For your segment it? on YouTube. You ready? What is it? Yeah. So, well, you name it after your fantasy teams. Rish's Rectum. Because your teams are booty. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. If you are if you want to join uh, Patreon, you can, you. you can vote yes or no on naming my uh, YouTube section. That. Uh, find us on Patreon. www.patreon.com slash ff astronauts that's patreon.com slash ff astronauts go support us today yeah how about support how about, right how about that
Let's hop into our next segment. We are going to talk week four shooting stars. Um, we had a lot of guys break out, and we want to know, can they repeat numbers like this, um, or is this kind of a once-in-a-season type thing? We're not really going to hear from them again. Are these guys worth getting, worth trading for, um, or are they guys worth trading away now that the hype may have grown? So uh, guys like Deontay Johnson, A.J. Brown, Corey Davis – Imagine imagine having two shooting stars from the Titans wide receiver cords. Unbelievable. Um, Devontae Parker, Jordan Howard, Jalen Samuels, Ronald Jones, Ricky Seals-Jones, Gerald Everett. Uh, we mentioned a couple of these guys earlier in the show. What do you guys think? Can any of these guys um, repeat numbers like this? Or are we looking at kind of a, a, a once, once in the season type thing? Jetpack, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, so uh, there's a couple guys that I'm interested in, but right now I'll just kind of focus and talk about uh, the Tennessee Titans. Um, so, because I, I watched all that game today, um, what we saw was AJ Brown. I think he had three catches, almost 100 yards, two touchdowns. He looked pretty good um, and kind of justified what I liked about him coming out of college. He was my wide receiver one in terms of talent, um, and then the question was always, okay, what's the deal with Mariota? Is, is he just going to suck again? Um, and then so you end up bumping him down. But so the deal with A.J. Brown is he's plenty talented, um, and especially after the catch, he did well. Um, and so in the, when they're going into this matchup against the Falcons and they lost Keanu Neal, we remember we talked about this last time, losing Keanu Neal, you lose your enforcer. And so the middle of the field was pretty wide open. And so A.J. Brown had his way um, against the Falcons. So you're happy to see the talent there. I would say let's hold off and wait before you you know go out and say, oh, it's time. Um, you need to see him against a good defense, how he performs well, how Mariota figures that out. Um, that will be the real challenge. Um, and the same thing with Corey Davis. Corey Davis, again, his issue has always been consistency. Um, it looks like him and Marcus are starting to connect. And it was really interesting to see Corey Davis said, you know, it's good to see the old Marcus back. Um, and so, you know, there may be something there. 2018, Marcus was all always injured and then they were switching off with Blaine Gabbard and figuring all that stuff out. And so Marcus may have taken some time to adjust this season. I'm not saying it's time to jump on the bandwagon or anything like that yet. Let's watch them play against uh, a little bit tougher Buffalo secondary. Um, but you know, it's at least time to pay attention to these guys. I believe in the talent of AJ Brown. I believe in the talent of Corey Davis. Can they mesh with Marcus Mariota? That's the question I'll watch. I'll be paying attention against uh, Tredavious white and the rest of the Buffalo secondary. So what are your what are your thoughts on any of these guys uh like pique your interest or are you pretty pretty much just like eh I'm not I'm not worried about them this season maybe for uh maybe for dynasty but but not this season what are your what are your thoughts any any of the other guys Yeah three guys uh let's talk Devontae Parker first cuz I I re- released a video this last earlier this week on Preston Williams and I'm not excited about any Dolphins players and obviously for me so the Dolphins suck, right? The Dolphins are terrible. Everyone knows that. Uh, but for for me, when I look at a team that sucks, I, I think, okay, that means they have to throw the ball a lot. I know they're going to throw the ball a lot. They're going to have high volume and uh, potentially I can get some fancy value out of that. Problem is they're not scoring. And they're I, I don't care. who I, I've had a lot of Rosen truthers come out of the, out of the woodwork, okay? Of quarterbacks that aren't injured for the entire season, he has the fourth highest bad ball percentage at 25%. Oof. 
25% of the time, he's throwing a ball that could not be caught by any receiver not named Jerry Rice. So the problem, and I outlined it a lot in my video, there's just these balls that just don't make sense. The placement compared to the route, I don't get it. It doesn't make sense schematically. It doesn't make sense positionally for giving the ball or an opportunity for the receiver to make a play on the ball. Um, sometimes he'll throw a ball that's like pretty far behind his receiver when he has tons of space. Like he, and then sometimes he'll throw the ball in the dirt on a screen, and you're just like, "How do you? There's, you're not being rushed. Like what? You this, you had the ball for a half, maybe a full second. I, I, I don't understand how that. And I don't know if it's schematic. I don't know if it's coaching. Uh, I do know that some of the balls are just bad balls. But some of them feel like they're also not necessarily his fault, but they're coaching. So I, I don't get excited about Devontae Parker, despite him having the highest average depth of target for anybody who has more than 20 balls targets on the season. Even more than actually, no one even has that has 10 targets on the season has even close to as much distance on their average depth of target. But it doesn't matter because Devontae Parker's hands suck. The quarterback throwing them the ball sucks. So even if he gets 40 balls thrown to him a game, he's still going to have maybe wide receiver two fancy numbers. So, and he's not going to get 40 balls thrown to him a game. So don't, I'm not buying in on uh, Devontae Parker. I'm really not even buying in on Preston Williams for now until we figure out what's going to go on with that offense. Let's talk Deontay Johnson and Jalen Samuels real quick. I think James Conner has, uh, may have tweaked his hammy in that game. Did you guys see that? Uh, that was, I think, that was a foot injury. He looked, he looked like he got banged up there for for a minute, and then he came back pretty strong. He came back, yeah. Um, on the broadcast, because I was on, I was on like working out while the game was on, so I was like trying to watch the game. So it's pretty hard um, because I'm you know out of shape and <laughs> all that. But that's another issue. My my thing was I I thought that they said on the broadcast, and I was reading the transcript because I didn't. I was listening to like I don't know Tupac or something, but. uh I thought they said that he had a hamstring thing, but he, he did come out, and that was one of the reasons why Jalen Samuels got a lot more snaps. Um, so I, it all depends on James Conner's health. I would now they may try and start changing his numbers up to facilitate potential and protect against uh, injuries. Who's got the phone? Is it one of y'all's wives? Pack. It's it's my sister. If it's not a wife, she needs to be. <laughs> <laughs> I think in Italian culture we we put down women for less. Anyways, oh my gosh. Uh, I, I I yeah I, I I mean I think Jalen Samuels completely is dependent on James Conner's health. Uh, and I'm not super excited about that offense's run game because they've been trashed by every decent run defense so far. Um, and I don't I don't really trust Mason Rudolph as a a pass th- like behind the quarterback like out there he's he's not threatening defenses he's not able to throw the ball deep his average depth of target is considerably less than it used to be whenever he would be in preseason like type games he would have a pretty distant balls and now he's not uh and but as far as Deontay Johnson goes I did like the way his utilization worked out because Deontay Johnson was getting like designed passes thrown to him I think his touchdown came on an intentional crossing where they really just screwed up. The, first of all, the safety didn't make a decision, and they screwed up the corners uh, on the crossing combination. So uh, I, I think that there's play design to get Deontay Johnson the ball. I'm going to sneeze. Yeah, so if you start Deontay Johnson, bless you. You're blessed. If you want to talk Ronald Jones, uh, I don't know. I, I, 
I've, Did you watch it? I haven't watched this week. I watched last week. I, I recorded a video on it that'll be released this week. Okay. Yeah. He he actually looked pretty good to me. I know I, he busted um, off some long runs. Yeah. I, you make a comment first, and then I'll kind of talk a little bit about it. Yeah. I may not. I got so much hate this last week for doing a Tony Pollard video um, that I don't <laughs> know if I'll because I think my Ronald Jones video was like he shows he shows up things where like okay this is good and then he shows decisions that you're like bro, stop trying to bust off these long runs. And what will happen is I'll release that. Reddit will get a hold of it. Whoever puts it up on Reddit will um, take the brunt of that. I feel bad for that person. <laughs> and then like he'll – because he, here's the thing. Ronald Jones tries to bust every run into a huge long run. It's what he did at USC. It's what he does with Tampa Bay. And sometimes he does bust off long runs. But a lot of times he gets stuffed. <laughs> Um, and he's inefficient. So I, I think that's really what sets that's the difference between him and David Johnson, right? Is that like, I'm making that comp obviously because the coaching. Um, I think the big difference is that Ronald Jones isn't as athletic, but he also doesn't make the decision making as well as David Johnson. And he definitely doesn't have the pass catching chops. So, what are your thoughts yeah, so, on it? Yeah, like um, I think from a running standpoint, we're seeing a more confident Ronald Jones, and I, I think that. He is starting to um, pick out holes a little bit better, and so that was actually good to see. From on my perspective, um, where he, he was having trouble during the run, a lot of it was just you know the blocking wasn't there, things like that. And then he was he was doing a, a decent job of um, being able to get what was available. Um, the The difference between him and Peyton Barber is the explosiveness, and so you see there were a couple plays where. Either they were they were like held back as a holding or anything like that, um, but he had a couple long runs where you're like, oh wow, you know this guy can scoot. He's still got a little bit of ability, um, and so yeah, uh, like the the value of him is you know he's going to hit a couple big ones, um, you know, and he'll end up splitting with Peyton Barber, but they might end up favoring some of that explosiveness. Um, I don't think he's gonna, ever going to add that much in the passing game. And so that's the main concern. So to me, he's never going to be like an RB1 type of guy. Um, but he might have value going forward, and it'll just be interesting to see. Again, we're seeing a more confident Ronald Jones, and that's a big deal. Um, he's, he does have tackle-baking ability. He does have good cutting ability. He does make good decisions when the blocking is there. Um, when it's, it's just obvious, matter, right? Yeah, when it's, that's when the it's big obvious. Thing. So right. like whenever they were playing the Giants, they would run. They ran basically the same play, almost out of the exact same formation, at least six times, maybe seven times in that game. And a couple times, the hole was kind of obvious. One time, he found a hole that was not obvious and and busted it. Did a great job. Picked up like eight or nine yards. But sometimes yeah. he'd also have real obvious holes, and he's like trying. He tries to get too cute and cut outside. And I think that's the problem. Instead of going. Uh, making decision and going vertical, he tries to go for these long runs, and um, I, I think that's where, if he can stop doing that, he'll be a lot more consistent with with the mid chunks rather than trying to bust the home runs. Got to take yeah. the RBIs, man. Right. Oh yeah. I, I mean, I I was thinking that he was improving in that category of figuring out what's going on and then hitting what was available. So it'd be interesting to see your take on it as you review the film and. Um, maybe you can watch add, that it, game, so add it to it, what it you recorded so far. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, he, to me, he looked pretty good. And, and he got 19 carries, I think. Um, yeah, that's yeah. that's what I was going to say is that's Especially the biggest the reason to buy him. You know, he, yeah. his, his uh, yeah. yards per carry dropped a little bit 
Um, I've dropped it quite significantly from his, his game against the Giants. But the 19 carries is huge because it absolutely dwarfed the uh, Peyton Barber carries. And so that's if if you want to buy a running back, you want to buy the the volume of that run game. And, and it looks like Ronald Jones is going to have a, a little bit more volume there. And so he's a little bit safer play in deeper leagues. Um, not if you're in a 10 team league, he's not I wouldn't necessarily be looking to start him. But if you're in a deeper league, couple flex plays, he's someone that I would not be like the most upset to start um, this upcoming week. The thing is, if you don't trust Ronald Jones, you can trust Bruce Arians. And if he's giving him that load, he's going to have success. Like he doesn't really have a choice. Yeah. And uh, Brooks, to to hop back, I think Deontay Johnson and Jalen Samuels were my two guys as well that I wanted to highlight. Um, I've been a big Deontay Johnson fan. And so to see him finally get the volume um, was was exciting. And then he produced with the volume. He had a, he had a fumble in there, but... The Steelers kept going back to him, and uh, he ended up with six catches on six targets, and that was that was really exciting. He looks like he cemented himself as the wide receiver two there. Um, so when when uh, Mason Rudolph is not checking down to running backs, he will be throwing to either Juju Smith-Schuster or Deontay Johnson, and that's kind of what you want. Um, so big fan of Deontay Johnson. I actually. Um, we'll talk about him a little bit later. Uh, uh, actually, no, we won't. He's uh, he's a guy that I would not be afraid to start. Uh, also in deeper leagues, I think I think he's kind of emerging. He's for two weeks now. He's had consistent volume. Um, I wouldn't bank on the the touchdowns uh, again, but but I think Deontay Johnson is a guy that I want to buy and uh, a guy that I'm I'm looking forward to having a pretty decent season uh, for the rest of the year. Jalen Samuels real quick on Jordan Howard before we yes, close please. out. This Wait, let me, yeah. can I, can I hit Jalen Samuels really quick? Yeah, hit him. Um, the one thing that, that you missed from that was that they put him at the wildcat quarterback a good amount. And so that's putting the ball in his hands. He's actually getting, uh, the way that they're, they're running the wildcat. He's actually getting passing yards, uh, when they, when they run the jet motion to James Conner. So he's, an intriguing play uh, week to week. And I think he could repeat similar numbers just because whenever he is running the wildcat, he has the option to either run the ball himself or get passing yards from J- from James Conner. So if they continue to take uh, pressure off of Mason Rudolph and put a little bit uh, of wildcat in there, he's a really intriguing play because he's getting both rushing yards and he has the rushing touchdown ability. Uh, but you're also putting, putting the ball in a playmaker's hands in James Conner and he's getting points off that so if he i mean you could see a scenario where he gets a passing touchdown and a rushing touchdown in a game and so uh i think if his volume bumps up a little bit with uh, the tight ends being injured um i think he's a guy that i would definitely want to acquire for the rest of the season definitely if you want to make a playoff run um just the the injury concern for james connor is definitely there uh but sure. I think he I, has I just some don't trust the Steelers' offense enough. Like their run, running game hasn't been that impressive. So that would be my d- detraction yeah, from Jalen totally Samuels, fair. regardless of how many passing yards he's going to get from Wildcat. Uh, what the, so real quick, we'll just cover Jordan Howard and we'll move on. So Miles Sanders right now has been getting forty percent of the snaps. Jordan Howard's been getting thirty, and then Darren Sproles is getting the last thirty. Um, Jordan Howard is the definition of a shooting star because there's going to be week to week a lot of um, inconsistency with the uh, the point spread for the Eagles offense. Uh, you can't trust it. We can't identify it. 
you're not going to be able to. So I, I don't think that Jordan Howard will continue to blow up. Uh, I, I think they've been pretty uh, consistent. I don't think he's really been used. And I'll have to do- I need to double check the numbers. So I correct me, Jetpack. Um, yeah, I got you. If, uh, if I'm wrong, but I don't think he's specifically being used as the red zone guy. I think they're pretty much pretty drive dependent. I think the only person that's really coming out of the game specifically in scenarios is Darren Sproles because I think he's being used in very specific passing situations. Uh, although the, the split is so even that it feels very calculated. And it, it is what we thought it would be, guys. Like if you thought Miles Sanders was going to take over, uh, that was never going to be the case. And so I. If you want a guy that gets, you know, 40% of his team snaps, I mean, you're basically getting, and this is why I made the Tony Pollard video is like Tony Pollard gets the same amount of snaps as Jordan Howard. Uh, Alexander Madison gets about 25% of his team snaps, and that's about 5% less than Jordan Howard. So yeah, Jordan Howard is going to blow up just like Tony Pollard's going to blow up just like Alexander Madison is going to blow up. Uh, all those guys are going to blow up every once in a while, and so it'll be really hard to pinpoint when that will be. Um, now, if Jordan Howard is getting all the red zone attempts for the Eagles, then I stand corrected, but I, I don't know that yeah. stat. I would have to look at it and double-check. The uh, So the deal here was this was the first game that Jordan Howard took more snaps than Miles Sanders. Uh, 53%. Sanders, yeah, Sanders had 22 and Howard had 33. And so uh, and Jordan you know, Howard had 53% of the snaps. To me, that's that's pretty significant. And I think moving forward, they're starting to realize, okay, here's the limitations of what we're trying to do with Miles Sanders. We, you know, we, he's, it's the same idea as with Ronald Jones and Peyton Barber, right? We have this idea of this guy, the second round pick, he's going to be the more explosive back, right? But the product on the field is not what we want. Um, well, he's super inefficient. So, we, we've outlined. He's that. inefficient. It's, yeah, it's I mean, weird. he he's been really up on him too, explaining yeah, inefficiencies. He had a, a decent game from a numbers standpoint in terms he, of – He's like, a fine running back. He's not terrible. Right. But Jordan Howard is a little bit more dynamic in terms of what you're going to get between the tackles and how he processes things. And so maybe moving forward they start to realize that. This is this upcoming week is when I would say hey, time to start paying attention, right? Um, right. If, you, if you own Jordan Howard, start him against the Jets like as your flex or whatever, right? Um, that would be a worthy try, I think. Um, and we'll, you know, we'll see going forward how that, how that all starts to turn out. But, um, yeah, I, I'm not fading Jordan Howard at all. Yeah. He also had three catches in this game. So, uh, and I don't think Darren Sproles had any catches. So I don't know how much sure. and yeah, he only had think- the one carry. So, um, and maybe he's getting phased out of the offense now that they're starting to get more comfortable between Sanders and, and Howard. So, uh, Wait, it's again, we've, we've learned this is the Eagles are in new territory now. So the next two, maybe three weeks are going to be a completely different team than we've seen the first three weeks because they're, they're kind of finding their offensive identity, especially with some of these receivers that, that have been out. Uh, I don't know how much longer Deshaun Jackson's out. Um, who else? He's is still come back soon. Uh, was a little out. bit hobbled up, but he, yeah, he played. Yeah. Deshaun should be back soon. So, as they come back, we're going to have to identify, okay, this is what the offense actually looks like. It'll, it'll definitely change um, once they get their guys back and once they can do everything they want to do. All right. Are you ready for the moment of truth to look at our starts and sits from last week and see how <laughs> we were wrong, Brooks? 
Just I had a great set. I don't I don't care about you guys. <laughs> oh, to run through these really quick, um, <laughs> Brooks. I didn't have a set. I wasn't there for the. I wasn't you there. Had, we I, gave you I a start. Put one on the on the show sheet. Show sheet. You okay, two good. Right. On the show sheet, so we got two those starts. in. Don't worry. And they were both okay. Not good. So great. <laughs> they were bad. Uh, dude. For the DraftKings price, I you know I'm not ashamed. That's about what the cost was. Oh, uh, Chris Godwin was Brooks's sit. <laughs> And if, you, if you thought that the Bucks were gonna kick the Rams' ass, then DM me. Let me know because I want what you, whatever you have, the information that you have. I need that. I need to figure out where you're getting it from because Bro, I, I want to know who knew that was gonna happen. I knew. I tweeted it out. I said hmm. before the game. I said I don't like Mike Evans against Akeem Talib. I'll take him against Marcus Peters. This could be a Chris Godwin game. Oh. No, so, I'm not even talking about Chris Godwin specifically. I'm talking, I'm, about, I'm talking specifically about Chris Godwin. That's about as precise as you can get as far as like what okay. played out. All right, but Chris it's 55, 55 points from the Bucks. Is that what you predicted that? No, but I predicted, predicted a Chris Godwin game, and here we are. You predicted a 55, 40 point game. <laughs> how about, how about 95? Uh, oh, well, man. Yeah, who would do that? When <laughs> I would trade him, though. I definitely, oh, I mean, just get rid of him. Darwin Thompson. Just get rid of like something like Darwin Thompson uh, or something. <laughs> yeah. um, my sit for this past week was Stefan Diggs. Once again, I hit the right team with the wrong wide receiver. Last the the week three, it was uh, I said start Kenny Galladay. Marvin Jones is the one that went off. This week I said Stefan Diggs, and it was Adam Thielen that you should have sat. So I'm very sorry for is getting the a- wrong wide receiver. Well, how many fantasy points do you get for getting the right team, wrong wide receiver? <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm maybe this maybe this week I I pick the receiver that I want to say I sit, and then I go with the other one, and just like just do I, that. I think you're just like reaching really hard for redemption. You just gotta admit that's that's the thing though. This is why we do this segment. Like if we're not identifying when we're doing poorly, and like there's a lot of analysts that'll be like throw out crap if we're not analyzing what we did right and what we did wrong then we're not improving because we're not learning from our mistakes or learning from what we did right here's what nobody's nobody's ever talked about what they did last week nobody nobody's done that before in the history of fantasy unless they did well unless they did well (laughs) so so here's the here's the thing though when when you look when you look back you can check your process like the outcome is going to be what it is but you can check your process and so i'll stand by my process and thinking that uh the bears would shut him down uh, it happened to be Buster Screen on Adam Thielen and what, whatever in the slot, but it, that's it, it. Really, looking back at your starts and sits gets you a look at okay, how was my process? And for the most part, if you're if you're looking at a uh, uh, Bucks destroying the Rams or putting up that many no, that many points against the Rams, you, no one no one predicts that, right? And uh, and so like I'm okay with that process and and I'm good with that. The outcome wasn't what we wanted. wasn't even close to what we wanted but <laughs> the, the exact opposite of a same thing. i hope no one listened to my advice same thing with stefan diggs and I, so i think the i think the the idea was was correct there and Let's so let get into jetpack starts because we need to trash yeah, them a little bit because they were hot hot Who, starts jetpack started yeah. Kenyon drake he made it a, a point to make sure he put in the DraftKings money of 4200 and he right, said baby. start mvs so Kenyon Drake finished with 10 points, number 31 running back overall. And then uh, MVS was number 46 wide receiver with seven points. 
Yeah, I'm digging into the bargain bin to get you your double flex start. And you know, there you go. That, yeah, that's what it is. What it is, man. Bargain bin. Well, I didn't b- dig into the bargain bin. I, I got into the <laughs> the uh, clearance bin because it's like <laughs> stuff that was expensive for a little while, and then it was like, oh, I don't know, if it's as good as it was. Yeah. And I got good retail on it, so I did James Connor. Uh, James Connor. So James Connor had been okay to because Jetpack made a point to make fun of me in our little group DM. <laughs> You're oh, you did a first round pick as your start. Yeah, what a what a cop out. No, <laughs> Everybody he, has to start James Connor. You have no choice. I, yeah, but it was. It's a guy that you were probably on the verge of not starting. I almost didn't start him in two leagues. Oh, well, he scored. Yeah, he's having he an average him. of six points per game, and he <laughs> had three points last week. That's unacceptable. So the reason why we, but the, the process was he's played against three or a, a top six run defense every week so far this season, up until the Bengals, who are one of the worst defenses. So obviously the process is all right. Finally, we're out of the stretch of getting destroyed without Ben Roethlisberger plus playing against good run defenses. And then James Conner pops off, which is exactly what we expected, despite the not hamstring injury thing that he had going on. Oh, yeah. Dodge the bullet there. Um, my my start this week was carry on. And that was another thing where he's was expensive. No, he did well. And it was his first time averaging over four yards of carry. It was his first time on the season breaking 50 rushing yards. He actually had 125 rushing yards. Um, did not find the end zone, unfortunately. So you, that was, I feel, I feel really good about that start. Um, if he, he finds the end zone, he's, he's RB1 for sure. 100%. Yeah, if, if oh, he so finds yeah, a good yeah. start. So feel really good about that one if you were, because a lot of people after that, after the abysmal 1.8 yards per carry that was just barely saved by a touchdown, people, you could have been a, a little bit, hesitant on starting carry on but i'm i'm really glad that uh that i made that move and and ended up starting him in several leagues over uh some other running backs i could have picked all right let's move into this week who are your guys sits this week jetpack this one's saucy who you got um i'm thinking that it might be time to sit juju one that really sucks monday night game what a poop fest Mason, Mason Rudolph is not the gunslinger from Oklahoma State. <laughs> he is a scared little boy who only checks down to running backs. He's shooting a BB um, gun. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so sad. Really. He's got his I, red rider out. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. Do they play the Jags? It would be awesome to see Mason Rudolph versus Gardner Minshew, just so we can see you know, what it looks like to face a real man. I, you know, um, It's so sad to see a talent like Juju be wasted. Um, but I think that's kind of where we're headed. So the deal there is they're playing the Baltimore Ravens coming up. Um, for me, that matchup uh, is pretty hot. I kind of want to avoid it. Um, again, if he's your first round pick, you can make a decision there. But um, the deal is Marlon Humphrey just clowned Odell for two catches and 20 yards, which is phenomenal. Um, very few cornerbacks can do that to Odell. Um, and so Marlon Humphrey, I'm ready to pay attention. That Rish would be really good to get a uh, Rish's rectum on that. Um, you know, pretty, <laughs> <laughs> so maybe maybe you can you know go to the tape and see what you find. I'll I'll look through the uh, look and see that that Marlon Humphrey wrecked Odell. Yeah, Rish's rectum. Yeah, I'll look elsewhere. Then like if if I have Juju, I you know understand. Okay, this is your first round pick. 
you, you got to do what you got to do. But I, I'm hoping to look elsewhere. If I have somebody else where I prefer the matchup there, then I'll, I'll start somebody else. All right. My sit this week is another wide receiver playing against the Bears. And the reason I want to sit Tyrell Williams is not only because he's playing against the Bears, but they're playing in the UK. So the time zone change, you don't, you don't want any part of that. It's a great defense. The only guys I really want to start, maybe Josh Jacobs. They're really good against the run game. Uh, Darren Waller, probably the only guy that I'm like, he'll get the volume and and he could likely be matched up against some linebackers. Uh, so really avoiding most of the Oakland offense, but Tyrell Williams, I think, will likely get shut down. Um, so he's my sit. He's, he's the wide receiver 11 in uh, PPR leagues, I believe. So he's having a really great season. And if you pay attention at all when Keenan Allen was injured and he finishes a wide receiver 13. You were expecting this and you already knew that Tyrell Williams was going to have a great season after Antonio Brown left. Um, but this would be a week that I'm avoiding him uh, despite his weekly top, top 14 uh, finishes. So Tyrell Williams, my sit for the week Brooks, who you got for us? So last week, the Titans went against Atlanta, who's about 21st defense. So, uh, pretty uh, below average, but now they're going against the Bills, and the Bills just shut down Tom Brady. I don't think Marcus Mariota, as far as I'm concerned, Marcus Mariota is not as good as Tom Brady. I might have some people that disagree, but I would like to have their names so that we could have them executed. Uh, so <laughs> all the defensive, or excuse me, all the receivers that we just talked about earlier, so uh, A.J. Brown, Corey Davis, uh, those guys should not be in your flex play after a good week last week those guys need to be sat uh you should not be excited to play them stay away from them so basically what brooks just said is you can count on marcus Mariota being the number one quarterback this week in yes. fantasy if, if he is somehow <laughs> then I'll, I'll i'll eat i don't want to eat my shoe because then that'll actually happen that always happens like that uh jetpack who's your start of the week uh my start is going to be philip Lindsay. Hoping this works out here. Philip Lindsay on the fringes um, is a guy who's still leading his team in terms of the running backfield um, in snaps. Um, he has a good opportunity um, coming up against the Chargers, who um, are you know nothing special against the run. And I think this has an opportunity to be um, more of a pass-heavy set, and I think Phil will stay in there. So the deal was, I think... Um, Last week, Royce had six targets and Phil only had one, but um, that's not the norm. That'll switch up. Um, and so I'm not too concerned if Denver gets behind and they need to have a guy in. It'll be it'll be Lindsay. So um, I like Lindsay this week. Um, again, he's 4900 on DraftKings. That's a good price. Um, so, yeah, I don't, I don't mind uh, putting him in my flex. I Lindsay was going to be my start of the week as well. But Jetpack entered his name in before I could, and so I had to go with someone else. But, Brooks, who's your start for the week? Huh? You said that you were going to give your, your start of the, gonna of the week first? Gonna do it. And then I wanted to just keep you on your toes. It's kind of like CrossFit with muscle confusion, except now it's Brooks confusion. <laughs> Look, here's what I'll say. Um, so I thought about this a lot this last week because Melvin, got act Melvin Gordon got activated. And I was like, oh. I almost started him. So now this next week, he's supposed to get limited snaps. So do you, 
what do you do with Austin Eckler? That, that's the question. So do you start both of them? Do you start Melvin Gordon? Do you start Austin Eckler considering this coach speak is that Melvin's going to have um, limited snaps? And I saw, then I saw a snap or excuse me, a post on Reddit that said, in loving memory, Austin Eckler, 2019 to 2019. And I don't agree. I think Austin Eckler is still going to be relevant. I think he'll be relevant this week. Um, I mean, uh, I, I'm not concerned about Melvin Gordon coming in and just totally taking over. I mean, Broncos, we were just talking earlier on the show about how the Broncos defense is pretty goofed up right now. So I'll take the other side of the Broncos Chargers game. I'll, I'll take the Chargers. I, I think Austin Eckler is a guy that you can start and start confidently despite Melvin Gordon coming back because he's still going to be utilized in, the, in, in this offense. You know, Brooks, that's the kind of hot fire we wanted from you. Is that Cause enough? Like, because uh, I don't want you to be like, oh, James Conner. That's a beautiful pick. Yeah, J- James Conner's a first round pick, dude. What are you going to do? Like, all right, on. so you're going to start. So you're telling me it was wrong for me to tell people to start a guy who's averaging six points per game. That's How dare I? Stupid. I just want to know, Brooks. Who's not going to start James Conner? Here's, here's what I want to know. Does the emergence of Troy Main Pope hurt Austin Eckler? <laughs> No, I mean, the emergence <laughs> of Melvin Gordon hurts Troy Main Pope. <laughs> well, just just had to say that name because Troy Main Pope is a guy that I trained for his pro day. Phenomenal athlete. Would you train him in coccyx training or? Did he get drafted? He did not get drafted. Uh, no, he didn't. Get drafted. He was on <laughs> the Seahawks. You train him to get drafted, and they didn't get drafted. So, what does that say about your training skills? Ooh, hey. got him. Did he or did he not play in the NFL this week? You're, Sounds you're like you need to do a uh, Rish's rectum on him. Oh, jeez. I might do a Rish's rectum. Paulie <laughs> really and, and I talked about Troy Main uh, on Twitter this week, and he was saying that Troy Main wouldn't do anything, and then Troy Main went and proved him wrong. Good. F Polly, dude. Polly's yeah. old. Hey, figure him out. My start of the week is <laughs> Hollywood Brown. And he came out real hot, and then he's cooled down in the past two weeks. But Pittsburgh has had a difficult time stopping speedy wide receivers this season, um, except for Cincy. John Ross, it was just because the O-line was crappy, and uh, Andy Dalton could not get the ball out at all. Um, so I think you you look at what Tyler Lockett did to him, and you could definitely see that from Hollywood this week. Uh, I expect the same volume as he's been seeing, but I think we'll get a bump back up in efficiency versus eh, just kind of a meh DB core uh, as far as stopping that slot wide receiver, the the, the quick wide receiver. I think Hollywood's a, a great um, he's, he's a great route runner and he's wicked fast. If you go watch the YouTube video I did on him, um, you you can see that that he's not just a fast guy. He's got some nuance to his game. He's he's a, a good wide receiver. So if Lamar Jackson can get him the ball, and I think he can. Um, I think I think he'll have a, a pretty solid week. So he's a guy that that uh, I'm I'm going to be starting in some of my leagues. Probably my most important league. I'll be starting him. Um, and so yeah, I feel I feel pretty confident in Marquise Brown this week. So I think what the the listeners are probably asking is, can Lamar Jackson be accurate? Because that, that seemingly mm. became a concern this last week. Um, and I'm not doubting that. I just want to I wanted to ask the question for the people. Because the people want to know. Yeah, was Lamar Jackson a mirage? Passing Lamar. 
I think Lamar Jackson could have been a mirage. It, the for the first two weeks, who did he play? Is is garbage. The Dolphins, the Dolphins, the Cardinals, the Chiefs. Yeah. So first two weeks were garbage. Chiefs. He didn't have a great passing game either. Um, it, it like maybe his his counting stats racked up a little bit, but but if you watched the game at all, it was not a good game by him. So uh, I think it was a little bit of a mirage. But Hollywood still seeing like eight targets a game, and I'll take that. And on the off chance that, that it's up um, even higher. I mean, he started out pretty low, and now he's really earned a role in that offense too. So I'm I'm pretty confident in Marquise Brown this week, uh, and and really in his dynasty outlook. I think I think uh, your Mark Andrews is going to be pretty safe, and I think Hollywood's going to be pretty safe. Everybody else feels like maybe they they'll have boom bust weeks, like Willie Sneed and his kind of. Uh, outlier long touchdown to end the to end the game um but but yeah i think i think hollywood and mark andrews are probably the, the two wide receiver or two pass catching options that i'm most confident in yeah that's fair i mean can't hate marquise brown i mean if you have him you've got one of the easier because you probably didn't draft him did anybody draft hollywood brown or redrafts I, there's no way you draft. I don't even him. think very many people drafted him in like shallow dynasties. Keeper leagues probably he wasn't taken. Uh, I got him on waivers um, in our keeper league, so feeling good about my wide receiver rookie wide receiver core of Marquise Brown, Scary Terry, and Deontay Johnson now, and Debo Samuel. So I'm feeling really good about my rookie wide receiver core. There, we'll see if uh, they can they can finish out the season strong. That's in our most important league. So, real I quick, know. I want to give you guys the top five bad pass percentage. Uh, oh, please. Okay. So, number one, I'm actually going to nix number one because it's Cam, it's Cam Newton. So, I'm going to nix him because he's, he's injured now uh, and he's a running back, so he doesn't count, anyways. Um, so, number one, Josh Rosen at 23.8%. Number Tied. two, Jameis Winston. At twenty percent, number three is going to be a shocker. Actually, so I'm pretty shocked because I don't remember this name. The last time I looked at this list, Tom Brady at twenty seven percent. What and a Lamar Jackson! Stat. Lamar Jackson, number five at twenty point one percent. You're telling me Lamar Jackson's a better passer and runner than Tom Brady? Wow! <laughs> Lock him in. QB one from here on there out. You go. <laughs> All right, uh, guys. So does the stat matter? Uh, does the stat matter? I mean, if you're if you're Preston Williams and you receive twelve targets and you only get four catchable balls, then yeah, I'm gonna say it matters. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, and gals, thanks for tuning in to another week of the Fantasy Football Astronauts. And Brooks, you want to close us out? What? Your favorite line. What? Brooks, you what want to close, close this out? Yo, 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 yo. We're blasting <laughs> off again. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Brooks, tell us about the, the scary movie when, uh, when we were juniors in college. Yeah, dude. Well, first of all, I... I think we're both pretty soft when it comes to scary movies. So I cannot like, do scary stuff. So we uh, had like uh, the way we did our 
my dorm room or my apartment, excuse me, layout my junior year. We had there were four of us. We had two bedrooms and a living room, a kitchen. All four of us put our beds together in one room, and then we made the other bedroom a like study. And then we made the living room into this theater room with a projector t- projector that I had that was like projecting up against the opposite wall. It was pretty legit. So we would have people over and watch movies, and we had like a legit sound system around, uh, uh, you know, the the couches in the living room and all that stuff. And it was a pretty good little atmosphere, pretty big projection. I mean, how big would you say the projection was, Rich? Like six, seven? Yeah, it was good size. It was bigger than any TV we owned. Right. Not, yeah, not even close. Um, so, and it was pretty good quality projector. You just hook up a TV to it, and then you know do you know completely legal stream of whatever film you wanted to watch make a purchase so, of the film that you were going to watch yeah that we paid for it legally every and, single uh, time we paid what for was it. the was it the was it strangers that we watched no it was uh what's the what's the one that's like it's recorded on a on a video camera was and it so paranormal like, activity oh yeah it was like paranormal activity three i think oh it was paranormal goodness activity it was creepy and then so Sorry, yeah. what happened was we watched the whole thing and we're all freaking out and it's like just a terrifying movie. And if you haven't watched it, I would not recommend it necessarily. But uh, what happens is the movie ends and like right as the movie ends, the power cuts out. And so there's no lights, nothing. And the only way we can get any light in the apartment is by opening the door and it's cold outside and so the theme throughout the movie was when it's cold, that's where the ghosts are. That's where all the bad stuff is. And so we're like just freaking out because all the lights just went out. It's freezing. And we know that that like that was the theme for the entire movie. And so it was just absolutely terrifying. Was that when, when was that? What time of year? It's like October, it's like October? October. It was like right before Halloween. And we did it. We did the scary movie because it was right before Halloween. Right. I just, I remember, oh man, I just remember being, I was so, it was just too perfect of timing. It was so, you can't time, you know how like in a scary movie, there's like the timing jump where the music stops or the music, you know, dun, 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 like that sort of like intense dramatic portion. Well, it felt like that. Like it was just too perfectly timed that you knew something scary was supposed to happen and but it was real life <laughs> I, I screamed i think i think i i'm not gonna i'm not gonna be too proud to admit that i probably screamed so what we did to recover our own um manhood was we went and scared college girls to make ourselves feel better about ourselves and so we uh went around looking for we went over to another apartment complex that was associated with school and we dressed up I think I dressed up like a scarecrow. And that was that was where we went right where Jetpack and I lived. Do you remember that? Right. Jetpack. I forgot that you guys were living over there. You remember when we uh when we went and dressed up after paranormal and uh and scared people? Uh, Jetpack, I, watch, I was gonna I, say Jetpack didn't watch the movie with us. No, I hate that stuff, man. I was Dude. not about it. We're soft AF. <laughs> no, I, I just I just won't even bother. Like yeah. you know I don't, how I don't anymore. Like, we, we would have to change our name from the FF astronauts if we find out that there's actually aliens in space. <laughs> like like legit alien aliens, not like 
no, I'm a Martian, not like uh, Martian. Uh, what's the Marvin Martian? No, I'm talking like alien versus predator aliens. If those turn out to be in space, there's no way we're going out there. Like, what will <laughs> be like the the fancy football um, dwellers? Yeah, uh, like mid surface old people water knots. We'll be the the <laughs> fantasy football mole people. I think yeah. the difference the difference between like space movies is like if you got a laser gun that can blast whatever you want, like I'm down. But if you are like just chilling in your house and some creepy clown guy is chasing after you, I'm not about it. I don't even I'm not even gonna bother. Anyway, well speaking of creepy clown dudes, so I dressed up like a scarecrow. We were at the that apartment complex and it was fun because Basically, I would just move and set up and wait for someone, and I wouldn't move at all. And after, after <laughs> kind of they walked towards passed them. us, I would move a little bit, like go to another spot, like move up a little bit, a couple of rows of the apartments. And then they would be like, look back, get back to their conversation. And then, <laughs> but then you would hear them saying stuff like, wasn't that Scarecrow further away? <laughs> And it, first of all, we were like so recording funny. it. Uh, we were recording it from from another direction, but also it was just like being the person in the scarecrow outfit was just like. First of all, I can't move. Uh, second of all, I'm a little concerned that they're gonna get scared and hit me because I have no de- way to defend myself because my arms are by my side and I have a um I have a broomstick through my back, so <laughs> like there's no way I, I had like, I had my hands on obviously cupping. You know, I I, I want to have kids eventually. So I, you know, I had to protect myself just in case, and uh, <laughs> no, it was a good time. It was we ended up scaring a bunch of college girls, and making ourselves feel better after we all screamed from the lights going out. So. <laughs> yeah, that was made made things feel way better. You know, definitely the best way to get over a scary movie is to go scare other people. Oh yeah, that makes sense. What we should have done is just went and found Terry McLaurin in high school. That would have been real scary. Yeah. Babies.